right, so I just had Ed Lattimore on the show. Ed is a best-selling author, a former pro boxer, and a competitive chess player. And just, it was such a dynamic interview. He talks everything from strategy to just really being objective about your future and really just not holding your identity tied to one specific thing. Really powerful messages here. Make sure to check it out here. Let's do this. Great. All right, Ed, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Hey, man, thanks for having me. It's a good time. You know what's funny, man? Like, like you hear the stereotype about it, or you, know, you just kind of hear about it, and then you actually talk to somebody from Jersey, and they really have an accent. Like, like condo, like you don't sound like you're gonna whack me or anything like that, but you sound like you might make me an offer I, I can't refuse. Well, I see that's that kind of parallels <laughs> with my background, right? Because I'm I'm 50 Italian, so my my dad's side's 100 percent Italian, and then my mom's about everything else under the sun. So I just have that little twang, probably, of what's left there for my dad's side. You see him, and he looks like he's like, you know, he's he's that prototypical Italian. He's like almost 70, and he's still got the the dark hair. He just you look at him, it looks like he's a he's like a rocky sub in if you if you had rocky. <laughs> so, but that that's that that goes from the dad side right there. So. I'll give him the credit, man. But again, psyched to have you on the show. Really uh, fun. And, you know, I, I thought about so many different ways we could go here. But really, when, when you take in your lessons you learn from a professional boxer, is there something that continues to surprise you on a day or week to week basis that that being a pro boxer has prepared you for in your day to day? Um. Well, well, you know, it's funny when you say it like that. If I'm prepared for it, you know, I'm not not really surprised per se. But, one, yeah, I mean, okay, I guess it does in other people because because I had to learn through boxing. I had to have success in boxing, not just in the ring, but out, outside the ring and all the supporting factors. I had to learn to subliminate how I feel to what needed to be done. And, and maybe I have a natural leaning towards that. Certainly boxing refined it. But I don't, whenever I see a problem or a difficulty or something that is... Uh, not favorable I don't I, I I never think about how it makes me feel or how much I don't like it my mind immediately goes to how I can solve it and when I see other people they, they're just incapable of it it's yeah. weird like like I used to think it was a choice but the older I get now I think it's a legitimate uh, incapacity or inability to to subjugate their feelings and look at what needs to be done and what needs to be taken care of you know when you when you talk it that way because that was one of my questions is that so someone has that and they're not capable of doing it is there any other workaround that maybe they could potentially think about uh you know i, I would love to give somebody a bunch of hacks and tricks and things like that uh but the reality is if you it, no one makes anything in their life or makes anything of their life uh, if by just being excited to do every part of it. Uh, there, there are miserable aspects to everything. And generally speaking, and this is the part no one likes to talk about, generally speaking, the more attractive the outside result is, uh, the more trying and difficult the process is to get there. And if you aren't prepared to work through there, I, you know, you can focus on the outcome. That's not going to sustain you. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, you can think about proving somebody wrong or a chip on your shoulder. Okay, that, 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 that's a little better, but it, it ain't going to push you. you. You need to have all things firing 
emotionally and you need to be able to to, to righteously suffer that's what I call it you need to be able to go okay this is painful this hurts but this gets better I think I think the people who have an intuitive grasp on this uh, is anyone that's done anything in athletics you know, and, and yeah. to a to a higher level uh, whether it be you know they won their 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 local league or they got a scholarship somewhere because sports by itself, okay, that that's really not fun. I think about something Ray Lewis said. He was talking about his retirement, and he said, you know, I'll give you Sunday for free. You know, I love going out there to play. Yeah. What you're paying me for are the practices, the week, the the two days, the weightlifting, the film yeah. session. The training camps, that's what you're paying me for. If I could just go out and play once a week, I'd do it for free. Right? So, anyone that has a real success, sports is kind of where most of us, uh, the the farthest most of us go, and then we kind of stop there. But that is a great lesson to this idea, or or a great way to, a great example of it, that the only way to, to do something worthwhile is to be able to go through a lot of pain and difficulty and people don't like it uh they are afraid of it they try to avoid it and in doing so they avoid the best outcomes they probably could have in their life yeah it's crazy you know what comes to mind is the same bold i think was um you know he, he's made like 100 million dollars with like like 100 seconds of running but he spent 20 years putting in the right. work that no one's seen right so where is it in society today that those those people can't it, we, we just can't see the bigger picture right so we see the outcome and then we, we don't want to put the work anymore where where has that become such a it just seems like a, a stigma that if it's not easy we're just not going to do it well, well i think that's generally speaking always been a condition of humans and the proof of that is that is that big advances ones that take us above and beyond what we've known usually rest on the shoulders of a few individuals right it's not like the the whole human race collectively figured out uh mathematics or medicine or something there was a few uh, people who are like, this is an interesting problem. Let me work mm-hmm. hard, work hard, solve it. Uh, same way with like sports. I mean, that's why most people don't make it to a big level with sports or anything competitive. It's always been an issue. What's occurring now is that um, the marketing has never been easier to achieve without a solid product. You can sit and scroll your IG all day. You can see pictures of people's vacation or things they rented (laughs) or they're temporarily abiding in. And that kind of creates this idea, this image that it should be quick and easy to get because I can see it and I can go get it. I can interact with it. In many ways, it's no different than training your mind to prefer pornography to real women because the porn is quick. You get on, you see it, and yeah. then you go, oh, man, I'm not going to talk. I tried to talk to her and it was a hard conversation. She, she rejects me or whatever. I'm going to give up and go back to my porn. Same mm-hmm. idea here. So, and, and, and on top of that, um, I think the penalty for an average to below average life is way less severe than it used to be and this is one i mean people don't talk about this you know they all they they talk about the downside they i I see tons of posts people mention 
Oh, the minimum wage hasn't gone up, and a bunch mm. of billionaires have got super wealthy while while the average American wage is stayed the same. And I think about it, and I'm like, okay, on the one hand, you're correct. On the other hand, what you can do with a thousand dollars per month as a single person is incredible. Mm. You have access to all the entertainment, the healthcare. Um, maybe not a thousand in some places, but but my point stands for like eighty five percent of the or to ninety percent of the country. Yeah, you have access to all the entertainment. You can put a roof over your head. Uh, food has never been cheaper or more plentiful, and and you don't and, and no one's forcing anyone to get married. Not that they were ever forcing them, but it's no mm. longer an expectation. So much has changed. That it's really an easy life, you know. And guys don't have to be successful to get laid. I mean, it's 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 absolutely it's an easier life. Yeah. But what do people do who have never struggled for anything? Do they are ungrateful? So they see all the things that they don't have mm-hmm. instead of going, "Wow, you know, fifty years ago, if I was making this wage at this age, man, I might be a bit of a loser. I might be a bit of an outcast now." That's kind of standard. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's and it's funny because you look at. I think it's what if you make over thirty thousand dollars, you're in the t- top one percent of earners in the world, right? Or right. It's it, it's it's crazy. You know, I, I, every four years, um, there's an election, and you see the same retort. About, yeah. I'm gonna leave the country whatsoever. Well, well I've done it. Okay, I, I said I'm gonna go live in Portugal for a little while. And in doing so, mm-hmm. I get exposed to a bunch of other people who have done it. And you know what I've learned? It's really easy if you if you really want to leave. It's super easy. Like like there there is like no barrier. The barrier is figuring out how you're gonna make a living. Since you still want all the you you want the perks. Yeah. Of being being here, you don't. But you don't want the uh, the other part. You know, as I like to say to people, you can have anything. Uh, you just can't have everything. Yeah, I actually I lived in Europe for a while. I mean, it's been like 15 years from now. And I just remember like certain certain things that we just take for granted, like health insurance. Like there was people walking around Italy and they would just like take a scarf and like their arm was broken and just like wrap their arm because they didn't have health insurance. And they were like, well, I'm not going to go you know, do this or whatever they were doing. So they just, yeah, they did a little sling just wrapped around, just rolling around. And I'm like, well, that's something I take for granted. Right. And we, we forget these easy things that that honestly we have, you know, most people that are. We, we have a lot of complaints out there, but I mean, how many people are like, yeah, I'm, I'm broke, but are rolling around with an iPhone, you know, like. Exactly. You know. These things are like the, the, the little one I have, I bought it about two years ago and it was $800. Yeah. If you let, like, uh, like, like if you have the ability to make a complaint about your economic situation on a. Eight on an eight hundred dollar device. Uh, I think uh, I think that there's some disconnect. I mean, there's, there's so much disconnect because people aren't grateful. They don't. They're not good at noticing what they have. They're very good at noticing what they don't have. And, and from there, uh, all types of ridiculousness kind of springs up. How can we change our perspective? If we right now our focus is wrong, what are some of the key identi- identifiers for taking that and turning that around? Uh, you know, it, if I was first, you have to you have to expand what you know. It, it's really unfortunate people just don't know; hmm. they, they don't have a clue. And, and if you don't have a clue, you think that your world is the world. Yeah. And 
however you feel about your position in that world, that's all you know, okay? Um, but it's not until you see other places, other people, educate yourself on the way things have been, uh, or not the way things have been, how the way things are in other places uh, around you, because we're not just not just citizens of one country, we're citizens of the world. I got a great kind of story to illustrate how far this thinking goes. But once you once you do that, then you're able to go, okay, perhaps, perhaps it's not so bad. You know, there are some people who are going to be, be content uh, looking at and just only looking at complaining because they don't really want to do the work that comes with creating a better life. They want yeah. to talk about it and hope it just kind of falls out the sky. But but the point I was, I was the, the story I was going to, to tell about uh, the problem with a super focused uh, or, or not wide worldview is, is I've been having a series of debates with people, uh, and, and I don't I don't uh, pay attention whatsoever to politics. Uh, I actually I don't even vote. I don't pay attention. It, the, the, it, it's it's one of those things that that I won't. I refuse to let in my mind as it is now because it's it's so derisive, and and I mean for other reasons too. But but I needed to preface what I'm about to say with that, and so people go okay, you know, uh, the blaming Trump's uh, response to the virus for the lives lost, and and I don't. All I do is look at data. The difference is I look at data based on the entire world. First, first of all, my, my, my thought, even without making that argument, without looking at data, is that here's a virus that affected the entire planet. It, it didn't it didn't come to the U.S. and go, okay, you guys, with your terrible leadership, I'm going to attack you, right? Yeah. No, that's not what it did. So you can look and see that uh, they were releasing like all-cause mortality reports in all the different countries. And it turns out the U.S. is, is in the middle of the pack, man. Like, like some places handled it worse, some places handled it better. But, but uh, no way could one look at the data objectively and ever come to the conclusion that we had more deaths than we should have uh, because of how we responded to it. But how does one come to that conclusion? Even in the face of data, I was showing this data, not even arguing it. They're Americentric. And by and so in this context, Americentric is that the world view America. Also combine that with that lack of gratitude. Yeah. They're like, okay, rather than see what they we live in a country where we can actually have an election and we ain't all gotta vote. Like I didn't even know that was a thing until recently. There's some places where like you have to vote. Um but in America, neither. So mm-hmm. we're focusing, you know, they're focusing on what what happened with the leader we have, because people naturally uh, look at what's wrong more so than they're able to look at what's right. That is a trained skill. Gratitude is a trained skill. Our our natural state is to con to be a little entitled, right? Mm-hmm. To, to notice what's missing. It takes training to develop our ability to be grateful and to think about what we do have and to stay focused on that in the midst of everything going on. Yeah, you know, and so many times we we can fall tra- really in a serious trap where, you, like, just like your day, right? You have a great day, but you have one thing that happens that that's bad, and it may be minor or major, and you'll put all your energy in that, let it just suck you in, right? Or just something that will just wear on you. And the second you can say, okay, if I turn my energy, right? Because I mean, we could agree, sure, um, this virus could it have been handled better? Sure, could it have been handled worse? Sure. 
always every scenario could always have a different side yes. which could be better or worse and we we can always agree on that but so many times we just want to say okay it's just it, it was handled bad or it was handled good and there, there can't be in between but when we put all of our energy into bad things we, we manifest more and that, that kind of leads into our our confidence not being there because we're constantly looking for ways to, to not only look at scenarios poorly but also look at our own self and just pick apart our own self and and it hurts our confidence so in that sense what do you do when you when you talk to people and you help people um really focus on growing themselves and growing their confidence what, what do you work on with them uh you know i'm a i'm a very practical person i try to, to take on i try to give advice that is easily implemented and has a quick result because if you can if you can get a person to see a quick result they're more mm-hmm. likely to trust what you continue to say yeah and the quick result doesn't need to be the the most important thing they need to work on but it needs but they need to see the change is possible that's what, what bothers a lot of people initially that change is impossible changes more than if you can demonstrate that you convert somebody pretty quickly okay and the best way to do that i found is to get a person to focus on changing their physical appearance getting them to work on how they present themselves to the world sometimes that's adding muscle sometimes that's losing body fat sometimes that's changing style now either way you want to change how you make an impact on the world because what that's going to do that's going to give immediate feedback people are going to notice people want to look you can look and see you can look and um, you can experience it so you get the, the external feedback and you get the internal evaluation and you're able to go wow okay i made this change and this is doing something i was not doing before i see this as possible i'm sure i've read this correlation tons of times that there's a correlation there, there's a lot of positive benefits with lifting weights mm. but one of those is you're just more resilient and i think yeah. the reason why is that you're able to look and see okay i can change this with the, this concerted effort and that even though that 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 is just in one realm physical fitness that spills over into your consciousness in general hmm. by how you look at problems yeah you know and I, I i correct me if i'm wrong here but i would think in boxing it's that same kind of resiliency that builds in there that you know if you keep doing one thing and that one thing keeps li- literally pushing you to get punched in the face every time you you either do not have the resilience and you move out or you start learning that lesson saying okay if i want to be resilient and have a and sustain here my mental track better understand that if I keep doing that one move, I'm going to keep getting punched in the face. Exactly. You know, and, and that's what I really enjoy about boxing. Is there's a very fast and effective negative feedback mechanism. Hmm. You you don't tend to make the same mistake too long. Yeah. Uh, either, either you'll stop making that mistake or you'll stop boxing. And yeah. there's rarely can you go, especially the more egregious mistakes, you just don't go far. They're, they're, they're too easily exploitable. Like, like, let's use a crazy example. Say a guy keeps his hands too low, okay? Well, he's going, you know, he might be able to get away with it for a little while, uh, but you're gonna fight somebody eventually in your development as an amateur or professional, and they're just gonna chop you apart. And you're gonna be like, okay, maybe you go to the drawing board, or you have the resources around you to let you know this is what you did wrong. But if you don't, you're going to go back out there and suffer a similar fate once you reach that point again. And if you're not learning, you will, you you just you won't you'll be able to you'll take too much damage. Uh, you <laughs> you won't be able <coughs> to continue. 
All right, so let's talk about real estate insurance. Tick Advisors dates back to 1898 and has become a diverse advisory firm anchored by expertise in protecting the assets of property management companies, property owners, and real estate investors. With well over a century of experience, Tick is well-equipped to bring leading-edge products based on risk management, robust coverage, and competitive pricing, which equals peace of mind by protecting what matters most to you. They don't simply sell insurance, but bring value by obtaining a deep understanding of your business, analyzing the protection required, and conducting extensive marketing and strong negotiation with insurance carriers for robust coverage at the most competitive price. They specialize in working with lenders to make sure all requirements are met to satisfy loan compliance and advise on the proper methods of risk transfer to protect clients from exposures outside their control. When you partner with TIG, you are given access to extensive resources available through several national affiliations and are able to utilize state-of-the-art technology to provide the best experience by protecting your assets. TIG doesn't just understand insurance, but brings years of experience from the property ownership side as well. Their advisors are fluent in owning and managing real estate and understand the challenges their clients face. They take care of your property as they would their own. TIG makes it better. TIG cares deeply. TIG delivers solutions. So if you haven't yet, if you have real estate, go out there, talk to a TIG advisor today. They'll be able to give you the best quote, the best options that they can provide to you. And that's where they bring the best service. You know, it, as a boxer, you're, you're, you're out there on an island, right? So you're basically out there, it's a one-on-one. -on -one. How, how do you gauge how to, how to take constructive criticism to build yourself in? Because at a certain point, you have to have your own confidence, right? Because you're the one out there on the island, but you, you also have to trust that you're taking the right feedback from from your sources and i guess maybe this this is lying into you know being an entrepreneur and being others where sometimes you're out on your own island doing your thing and you, you sometimes get secluded in your mind to what you are doing because you're so close to it that you think you potentially may know it better but there's always someone who could give you good feedback as long as you're willing to to cut through the noise uh yeah you know the the best way to deal with that and i think this is across all disciplines you need to surround yourself with people who know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and boxing is really interesting in this regard because there's no there's no governing body uh, that says you can be a coach. You can. If you if you, if you never had any boxing experience, let's, let's say you I don't know if you have or haven't, but let's mm -hmm. say you have no boxing experience, you you put a towel over your shoulder, grab a bucket, open a gym. And put a ring in there, and all of a sudden, people are going to, by default, look at you in a position of leadership. And you know what? This hasn't really changed with the internet, where it's easy to spill people out. If anything, it's gotten worse because of YouTube and people putting out these awful tutorials. Hmm. And and the masses, you know, if something looks good or looks fancy or is well produced, they tend to give it more credence. That's just the halo effect used insidiously. But uh, the, the guys who know know will recognize and relate to some nonsense. And, and if you're unfortunate enough you know, to end up in a place like that, you, you just gotta you gotta look at the what's going on around you and what's mm. happening within. Like like when I when I first started fighting, I went to the gym I could get to. I didn't know anything about the people there or the records or anything. I said, "This is the gym I can get to." So I went there, trained, 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 gradually learned where the inadequacies were in the education. 
uh, and sought out ways to remedy that. And it just kept, I just kept that up. Uh, but, but I was able to do that because I wanted to be better. I wanted to improve. I wanted to learn. A lot of people uh, in the same situation perhaps would stay out of loyalty or whatever. And, and for me, the loyalty was to myself and my ability to get better. And you just, you just end up, you graduate. I mean, kind of. You're not going to stay. Uh, there, there will come a point where, you know, whether it's because, you know, you and the coach ain't bobbing or you don't think he's identifying what's wrong and not fixing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, fighters change coaches all the time. The problem is, like, no one really knows everything. There are guys that know a lot more than other people and who are a lot better teachers. But if you don't, if you're not around, if they don't have a way to demonstrate that that's half the problem, like they should have a body of work or whatever. But the fighter at the same time is also seeing things and knows things, but he has his, he has his feeling and the coach has his perspective. And the challenge is getting both of those things to align. I think about little things that I had to learn over time, like how to put my hips behind a punch. It's very difficult to teach. Got right? it. But it's yeah. vital. You know what I mean? Because it could, because uh, if you can put your hips behind a punch, you can maintain maximum balance and deliver maximum power. Interesting. As fast as you can, too. Uh, or maximum force, as fast as you can. Um, but you got to do that. You got to get your, your, your hips. But that's hard to teach because that's that's internal. Your hips aren't hanging out. I can't show you how to move your arms and do it it's hard right it's uh, like one of those things where the coach says something that one day and you find you may not get it for like a month two months three months and all of a sudden he says something one day just slightly different and all of a sudden it's like that light bulb you're like oh now i, I, like, I oh, you would say oh there, there you go yeah i remember when i finally learned how to throw a jab correctly all like all like, you know it was just years being told do this do that do this and, mm-hmm. and doing different exercises and then it hit me and i was like oh that's how it's done and i've never had a problem since but a good coach is gonna have as small of a divergence between what you feel and what he observes as possible, and that's only possible through experience mm-hmm. and the gift of teaching. You know, because uh, teaching is a skill, man. People don't realize that. You know, just because you know a thing, that means you can teach it. Uh, to, that that you know, to be a good teacher, you have to remember what it's like to not know. You have to have patience as they're ter- as they're as they're learning. Uh, you have to anticipate kind of the difficulties and figure out the best way to remove them. Not every method is the same for everyone. Uh, you need to be able to hear real time what the problems are and then react to them accordingly. It's these little things that if someone had, can teach, they're going to just get more opportunities to refine them. And if they can't teach, they're not going to get as many opportunities because they're going to have fewer students. It, that, that, that's interesting, right? Because because we all think we're that everybody's kind of on our level, but when you go to mentor people, do you think about you know at some point I didn't know this, right? Or some people oh, at some man. point I didn't learn this. So I have to I have to understand that this person is going through that step that I was unlearned for me, whether it was last year or ten years from now. Is that one of the effective ways to help people along their journey to get where they want to go? Absolutely. You know, one of the things uh, one of the things I've done, I spent spent quite a few to, bit of time. Uh, probably between about 2016 and 2018, 19. I actually just talk on somebody now again, but um, is is being a tutor for math and physics to kids. And mm-hmm. I, I did that. I did that because, um, well, at first it started for money. I, I needed to get paid. <laughs> I was, I was broke. Uh, but then it turned into a hobby. One, because I enjoy teaching, but two, uh, there aren't a lot of people who have the, the grit and resilience. I took calculus four times before it made sense to me. 
Once I got it, though, I, I don't think. I think. I think I, I got it. I, I had a tough time with differential equations, but I, other than that, everything else was super easy. I bring this up to say, um, I enjoy teaching and bringing it down because for me, no one was there to do it for me. And I know how much of a difference it makes when someone is there to show you how to do something that is perceived to be mystically difficult. Right? Like, like you need to have a talent. Like, people think they're math people or whatever. Like, no, no, no. It's no such thing. Uh, there are just correct methods and approaches and incorrect methods and approaches. The problem is most people don't understand what a correct approach is. It's the same on boxing where anyone can go, I'm a coach. Boom. Okay. Well, what have you done? Are you get you and, and, and it gets even more it gets even foggier because because fighting is like anything else. You're gonna have some people who are just talented. It doesn't matter who their coach was. Was you know once they learn how to throw a punch and get in there, they were going to go very far. They were going to win some players. You're just conned up around, uh, but it's not the, it's not the case with everybody. But when that guy happens to go to cross pass with a mediocre coach, all of a sudden the coach looks great, and then we have a problem with the, with the because now because that's even harder. I mean like because because there's one thing to look at a guy's resume and go. Nah, there's not really anything on here, okay? It's a totally different ball game when he's got a champion or two, and when you get one champion, you attract other high-caliber fighters, yeah. and now you get a stable of guys that could fight before they came to you. You didn't build them from the ground up, sure. and that bestows a level of, or the appearance of expertise that will suck in every other fighter, and, and people will come in and go, oh, it must just be me. I'm not getting it. He turned out into the great fighters, and that's not true. Got What's it. true is that a good teacher is going to be able to correct you and fix that regardless. And a good teacher are few and far between, I've learned, in all domains. Mm. I would find, you know, for boxing, and I, I haven't boxed, but on that part, you know, you start and you're fresh and you're raw. I mean, you're going to have so much you can mold. So ultimately, you're going to get better. But when you become this elite boxer, you know, that coach is going to come in there and either they're just not going to be ready for, for that boxer because that boxer is just, just so developed already or just so cut in his ways, or they're going to be able to be that great coach or that great teacher that, that finds that one piece like maybe like you said like their hands are down like or whatever or like their their job's not as effective as it could be because they're keeping their elbow down or whatever they're doing and that one piece is the focus right there and that coach is worth every every penny because or, or every part of it because they're able to correct just that one little thing and that's that's sometimes the difference you know in, in a lot of world is that people who stay in like a kind of kind of good area just don't have that one person to say like, listen, like you're doing kind of good, but to be great, all you got to do is make this like little, like this 10% change here and that will take you over the top. Would you Absolutely. feel the same? You, you, oh, for sure. Because here's the thing, uh, improvement follows an S curve and an S curve in mathematics is where the initial mm -hmm. is exponential growth and then it becomes logarithmic like an S. The, mo the place that it, most people are, are familiar with this is like with lifting weights. You initially start throwing up weight. You a beginner makes incredible gains. You're like, how is this possible? Then after a year, their gains look more normal. And then after three years, uh, it takes so much energy to change uh, how strong you are that it, it's like not even close. Like, like there's nothing you can do. Okay, almost. And it's the same thing at levels of improvement. Initially, great strides, right? Mm -hmm. Living there, and then you get to the logarithmic part of the curve where it's almost horizontal, your your rate of growth. And so every every little advantage you can get, 
makes a big difference. Every little one. But there's so few little ones to get because you have so many already, you know? And so the, the like they say, the enemy of being great is being good. Uh, because yeah, when you're good, you, when you when you're good, you can do you can do a lot and go far, and, and almost no one's going to question you. But then you have to go. Okay, what am I lacking? I, I remember uh, I had I had a student who was getting ready for the AP calculus exam, and I'm like, okay. Normally, people come to me uh, when they're trying to make it through like algebra or like trig. But you're an AP Calc. You're not a dummy. Like so, so I just sat back and looked at what was going on, and I realized all I'm doing, like they understand the math. It's just that we have to improve the process. And I go, okay, boom, boom, boom. Let's do this. My my, my chess coach is a similar uh, philosophy. He's an international master, which, mm-hmm. which is a very strong rating. But he regularly coaches grandmasters who are, who are rated higher. But why? He's got the gift of teaching. Plus the difference yeah. between I am and a GM. I mean, like, like it's a difference. Like the GM should win like sixty percent of the time. Uh, but it's not. But but that's what sharp play, right? Hmm. Uh, and but he's able to sit down and look and go, okay, we need to make little tweaks here, little tweaks here, more aggressive moves here, better defense there, all those kind of things. Um, come together and so when you're when you're talking about taking somebody from from uh from a a good place to a great one uh it's hard it's not hard it's just a different approach than there is taking for someone from from a novice or neophyte level and getting them to put to an intermediate point tell me the correlation between chess and boxing i i have some ideas in my mind but i'd love to hear from you how they correlate Oh man, so so there's like the there's the general and the specific. So generally speaking, two competitive arenas, uh, lone competition, one man against the other. Um, where the top there, top two or one specific things that come to mind? Strategy, strategy that sets up tactical opportunities. And then good tactics set up strategic opportunities. You know, if I'm if I'm jabbing your head off all night, um, then you are you, you are worried, man, because mm. I'm, I'm able to get through, and you're probably going to try and cheat just a little bit to defend that punch, which is going to yeah. give me just a little bit of room to really start lighting up your body because you're not because you cheat a little, so you can't get there as quick, and I can go there. And plus, it's not like my jab disappeared. Yeah. You, you gotta worry about it. I'm gonna change, okay, right? And what does that do? That that sets me up to strategically attack your body and wear you down, mm. and remove your wind. If you have really, if you are a a counter attacking puncher or a counter attacking fighter, and so okay, that means I have to take a bunch of high probability. But low damage shots. So I'm probably going to be jabbing, jabbing, jabbing at your body. But if, while I'm doing this, I'm thinking, let me push you to the ropes so I can remove your dimensions of movement. And then I can start really well and, and score. All right. That is a case of a strategic idea setting up a tactical one. And the first one was a tactical setting up a strategic one. You see the same thing in chess. Or, uh, for example, if, if, I, if I notice that you have not 
castle, your king is still in the center. Strategically, I go, okay, I need to attack the center. Okay. Now all of my tactics, because that weakness exists in your camp, all of my tactics are gonna be centered around clearing out the files, for example. Got it. To open up a file, open up a file, and make my pieces more active so they can quickly get there before you you escape off to the flanks, right? But let's say um on another instance. Uh, and that's the strategy setting up the tactics, right? But the tactics that set up a strategy, perhaps, uh, you know, I, I spot one and I knock off um, one of your minor pieces for nothing. But like a three, you, you get a pawn, I get a, a knight. Okay, well now, or I get a pawn, here's better. Uh, you get a pawn and I get a bishop. Well now, whichever bishop I got, that color is wide open and vulnerable, and I can really start putting together an attack on that color. If I took out your white bishop, well, I know that probably you're going to have a tough time defending an attack on a castle king, especially if I can get your rook to commit and, and um, defend the center a little more. So so the, what, I, what I'm laying, that, that's really the biggest similarity is that in both the good tactics are good tactics flow from strategically sound positions, but strategically sound positions really set up uh tactics or rather tag good tactics can set up strategically sound positions so you've been able to navigate through a number of successful careers right and so many times people in any field <laughs> I mean, it could be betty the, the the office admin gets stuck that that's their identity and they even though if they don't like it or or they just they just can never break away from it so if betty loses your job she has a hard time finding her identity because it gets wrapped up and when you especially when you have so much success and you, you become a pro boxer and that's really what you've been set up to do. How, how did you use that and some of the tactics you do today to be able to transition successfully into other things without getting stuck with the, the I, I guess I'll call it identity crisis for lack of a better word there. Right. Uh, but because, you know, I'm, I never made anything I do my identity. Your, your identity is or, or what you learn from the experiences, not the experiences themselves so i was i was never like i'm a boxer right that 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 i mean like i never i mean i always set out box i mean i, I never i don't think at one point I ever referred to myself as a boxer any more than i say i'm a writer i mean i i, I write okay um i i don't i try not to ever let anything i'm doing in the external world define be uh, internally so it's easy to discard a title for a new one and vice versa right pick up a new one for an old one and if it and if need be just shed it entirely or pick up a new, a new one out of nowhere uh, because at the end of the day you know I'm, I'm me I mean and and I, I reference kind of how I learned to have a conversation with people or when you learn conversation I mean, conversation is, is not the the easiest thing for a lot of people to, yeah. to work on when you learn conversation you your goal is to get a person to feel comfortable enough to talk with you mm. and you accomplish that by not talking at them and the best way to talk at somebody <laughs> one of the worst is to tell them stuff about you Instead, mm -hmm. you know, what do we say? Discovery trumps disclosure. If you let a person discover who you are, and the best way to do that, you, you know, they, they can't discover if I leave. Well, I am a 
I'm scientist. I am a boxer. I am a teacher. Like no, no. I, yeah, we we just talk, chop it up, make make small talk. Like when I, when I got on a call, you know, we, we're talking about the weather. Instead of just instead of just mentioning the weather is nice, it's boring. No, you know, I reference it with some other stuff uh, that I picked up along the way, referencing global global warming to a degree, yep. kind of the, the opinion do. Likewise, when you start recording, the first thing I, I mentioned, something kind of neutral but funny and a little edgy is this, your accent, and that sets off a, another conversation. And from there, we can just pick and choose. And now it's an enjoyable process. And it's a process that is completely free of ego or completely free of identity. Because I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on, on the connection with people, and I think that's why I never had a problem by shedding or not even taking on the identity. Because I'm, I'm looking to connect and build, and, and I don't, I don't get anything from saying I am this person uh, with people I don't know. You know. Yeah, and I, I love that, man. And so just in, in wrapping up here, I mean that that message is so powerful because so many times we we, we have our view. And we, we go to have a conversation, but it's we, our conversation becomes our view, right? Because right. we don't want to listen, right? And even if you massively don't agree with the other person, how does your how does your argument get stronger? Understand what the other person is saying, so you can have a better better response oh, to it, right? Because you just never hear from the other person. <laughs> it's so. so great. I was just talking about this today. I made a post on Facebook. Um, once again, uh, not political. Me, I just I found the strategy of it legitimately interesting and i'm sure that's the strategist in me mm -hmm. but the outcomes i don't i don't really care i think about one of the things i said i said you know people uh, are having a hard time the trump supporters are having a hard time uh with the pot with, with, with the, the glaring probability that he'll lose for the exact same reason that in 2016 uh people who were against them couldn't understand how he won yeah and that stems from our inability to widen our view of reality. We see things this way and then we get that reinforced by everyone we talk to who happens to share the same view. And it's even worse now because now people, and no, no one is civil about anything anymore. So yeah. no one really mentions what they think or feel. So you can't have these combos. So so your worldview, if, if for no other reason than it's not challenged by an opposing one, grows in scope. And you think everything you see is that way. So when you encounter something that does not regard, that does not agree, it, you invent a narrative hmm. to explain it. And and this is this classic. You're watching it right now. You're watching people come up with every reason why why the election is is a fraud and there's and there's all that that's going on. And the reality is, you know, you get a, a polarizing character. You're going to get a polarizing result. To me, it is it is. I, I said a year ago. I said watch it'll either be the highest turnout on voters or the lowest turnout and it ain't gonna be one or the other either people are fed up or they're fed up and it's one way and they're gonna show that one way or the other yeah right? and that's just watching humans because what i refuse to do no matter what and the older i get the, the more this becomes um important to me despite uh the conflicts that it may lead to i refuse to ever let my worldview get collapsed by what's popular huh I like like it'll it'll never happen to me because I value 
I value clear sight. I, don't, I won't say true because in this sense, I don't think that there's any such thing as truth, only only majority perspective. True. But I refuse to, to collapse on a majority perspective just because a lot of people think it any more than I'll just go with something and be contrary. I try to sit, step back, be objective to the facts and come up with a conclusion or an evaluation. And if it doesn't require me to invest myself emotionally, I won't because that's how I can see and make the best, like that's what's worked for me in my life. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very happy with my life and I'm very happy with my ability to kind of evaluate problems. So, so there's, no, there's no reason to change it for me. <laughs> Wise words, Edmund. Thank you so much for coming on. So for everyone listening and wants to learn more, um, I, I, of course, connect with you on Instagram. So that best place to find you, where's the best place they can go? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm everywhere under the same name. I'm Ed you Lattimore. EdLattimore.com yep. is my website. Ed Lattimore is my Twitter handle. Ed Lattimore is my Instagram handle. Yep. Ed Lattimore is my Facebook. Those are the places where I, I uh, live on the internet. <laughs> and yeah. if you, you want to come through and check out the writings or sign up to my newsletter, great newsletter. Uh, yep. Yeah, you got a great newsletter over there at Lattimore.com right there. So awesome, man. Thank you, man. Thanks so much for coming on. This has been great. Hey, no problem, man. Thank you for having me. Awesome. All right, everyone. You heard it here. Go check out Ed. Done a ton of fun stuff pro boxer, uh, professional writer, uh, moving into soon to be master chess player. Got a got years in you. Oh goodness. You know, man, I'm at, I'm at the weird point of my development as a, as a chess player where like, there's, I mean, there's just, there's a lot to learn. You make little mistakes, you're fine, but, but I'm, but I'm persistent. Plus it's a low, low, low impact and I can play forever. It's not like I got to figure this out before my, my knees go out of me. Yeah. I love it. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Super appreciate your time. Hey, no problem, man. I appreciate you having me. Join us for your second cup of coffee every Monday through Friday at noon. Live every day bringing us our best content we've done so far. Super excited, super engaging, bunch of great guests. We're here to answer your questions and we so appreciate you listening. Make sure to check us out. Can't wait to see you.